As you watch this teaching, I would like to ask you to please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it. Welcome to Home Group. We've been waiting for you. What do you think of that? Rick, were you singing? I was singing. Well, let me sing. We've been waiting for you. Well, you sounded a little bit better well, than me. <laughs> well, I hey, had Denise, welcome had a to little home more group. practice. Thank you, Rick. And Home Group, we have been waiting for you. And uh, I think what we're talking about talking about spiritual warfare and how to deal with the things that the devil tries to throw our way is very important and that it's all relevant to all of us. At some time, we're going to be drawn into that conflict and we need to know what it is we have by the Spirit of God, how to deal with the devil and how to overcome. Now, Denise, when you and I were doing our little singing introduction, Paul was laughing and it makes me think he's not going to sing. No. Hey, Paul, welcome to home group. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, you're not singing. This is fun. Why don't we sing together? This is, no, this is okay. fun. We have fun at home group. I hope <laughs> you have fun at home group. And I hope a little bit of the fun that we have seeps through uh, the camera and the internet. It ends up a little bit over there where you are because home group should be fun. Uh, we've been talking about spiritual uh, warfare. And actually, as we've uh, been talking about spiritual warfare, it's been very helpful to me, especially yesterday's program. Because yesterday, my father made things that most of us make difficult, complicated, impossible to deal with, simple, understandable, mm -hmm. and approachable. Mm -hmm. That's what the Word of God does. It simplifies things and makes it easy to understand so that we can remove fear and start to have a simple biblical approach to things that the devil wants to make seem difficult for you, particularly we're talking about strongholds in the mind yesterday. And that was, that was great, and personal testimony was mm -hmm. awesome. Thank you. you know, if you know that. how the devil works, it takes the mystery out of it. Mm -hmm. If you can take the mystery out of it, you can defeat it. But we've also been talking about the power of God. You can't walk in this weaponry without the power of God. So I want to remind you again about my study guide, which is called the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Listen to this, what it is, what it produces, how to receive it, and how to be refilled with the Holy Spirit. I love this study guide. And if you want to know more about the power of God, and if you want to walk in this armor, you have to have the power. Order this study guide. And yesterday I showed you a few. Today I want to show you a few more. My friends... We're doing more than 40 a year of these study guides. So there's always a new supply. Wait a minute, that one's called Foundations of Faith. Foundations. Look at the size of that. Okay, I can give you a little bit of information. I almost sang there. You are singing also. Oh, there must be a singing thing today. <laughs> <laughs> one of the books that my father's working on right now. It's called Foundations of Faith. So if you want to get a sneak peek into what that book's going to be about check out that study guide. But this is perfect for a Bible study or personal study, Sunday school class, or how about this one, how to keep the devil out of your life, or how about do you want to be healed? So many people are talking about healing right now. What does the Bible say about it? Here's a study guide to help you know. Or how about this one, I love this, called how to intercede for people who are in trouble. We all know somebody who is in trouble. Mm -hmm. How do you pray for them? What are we supposed to do for somebody that's veering close to the edge 
of really catastrophic decisions, and you look at them and think, what are they doing? You know, Rick, the Bible says that we are to study and show ourselves approved, approved unto, God. unto God. And I think these study guides are a real helpful tool well, to thank studying. You. Thank you. And then I want you to get, if you don't have, Dress to Kill. And my friends, this book has pictures. Everybody likes pictures. Look yeah. at the pictures. I chose these pictures. The illustrations are amazing. And they are illustrations of the weaponry that Paul describes in Romans chap, uh, Ephesians chapter 6. This book will mean everything to you. And it's, you might as well order two because you're going to want to give one to somebody else. You can order it at Amazon or go to our website, render.org, to the store. And remember, if you have a prayer request, write to us, prayer at render.org, or call us. And when we hear from you, we really begin to pray. And on behalf of me and Denise and Paul and all of the renters and the whole ministry, we want to say thank you for being a partner. Yes. If you're a partner, you're the one that is really helping us do what we do. You really are a partner. We mean that word. And if you're not a partner please become a partner. You can call us or go online and immediately become a partner and without ever leaving your house. Now that is what is powerful to mm -hmm. me. Without ever leaving your house, you can impact another life by simply becoming a partner to take the teaching of the Bible to somebody who is praying for it. Somebody's praying for it. And you can help us take that living water to them. Denise? I just wanted to thank you myself for being our partner you guys are awesome, and and it's like two hands. We're joined together, and we're doing a work together. And thank you so much, partners. Well, let's go back to Ephesians 6, and we're going to continue. We have all this armor here because we're dealing with the subject of spiritual warfare and spiritual weaponry. Now, today is Friday. On Monday, we're going to begin dealing with every individual piece of weaponry and what they mean for us and how we use them. But today I want us to go back to verse 12. Ephesians 6, we're going to begin in verse 12. Yesterday we covered verse 11. But let's go to verse 12, and then we're going to jump right into verse 13. You guys ready? We're ready. All right, here we go. It says, verse 12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in where? High places. High places. Then if you would look at verse 13. Wherefore? Take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, stand. Stand. But let's go back to the very beginning of verse 12. Now, people like to get real spooky with this verse. I'm not a spooky kind of guy. People say, principalities, powers, they just nearly tremble. My friends, you have more authority than the devil. Paul does never give us anything to scare us. He just equips us. He informs us. He prepares us. Verse 12 is not intended to scare us, but it is intended to awaken us to a reality. And when you get to this verse, Paul says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. And the Greek, I shared this day before yesterday, says it just a little bit differently. It says the wrestle is to us, but it's not against flesh and blood. But that Greek structure is so important. The wrestle is to us. And it emphatically means every single Christian at some point in his journey is going to be drawn into a conflict with spiritual forces 
that had been marshaled against him or her for destruction. But you do not have to be destroyed. But Paul doesn't say, forget the devil, don't worry about the devil. He says, hey, he is real. He's real. I remember many, many years ago on our very first road trip, our very first road trip, Denise and I stopped in Kansas City, and we were preaching at a big assembly of God. Oh, I was so excited the door opened to the assembly of God. Mm -hmm. And I preached on this verse. Mm -hmm. And a woman came to me afterwards, and she said, I hated this message. <laughs> uh, okay. She said, when you talk about the devil, you attract him. You need to quit talking about the devil because he'll bother you if you talk about him. I said, ma'am, he's going to bother you whether you talk about him or not. It's better for you to know something about your enemy than to be stupid about your enemy. You need to know something about your enemy. If you have information, then it's not scary. Can I say something right there, Rick? I mean, the Army, the Navy, all these armed forces, they all study the enemy. They don't just study their offensive uh, plan. They study the enemy. Why? So that they can defeat him. They know what he's doing. And this is what you're talking about, Rick. Now, we don't have to be obsessed with the enemy. No. In fact, the reason I wrote Sparkling, uh, the reason I wrote Dress to Kill is because when I wrote it, there was such an obsession with spiritual warfare. People teaching crazy stuff. My friends, we already have a superior position over the devil. We're not trying to get it. We have it. He is under our feet. Our job is to keep him under our feet. Amen. But Paul says there is an enemy, and here's what he says about the enemy. For we wrestle, the Greek literally says, the wrestle is to us. Now, when you see that word wrestle in King James, you kind of see the picture of two wrestlers. Makes sense, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. That's not what the Greek readers of the New Testament saw. And also, it seems to me that you have the choice whether to wrestle or not. Because you don't end up on a wrestling mat <laughs> on accident. You'll never end up on a wrestling match like you woke up in the morning and all of a sudden there you are. You're dressed, you're trained, you're ready to wrestle, and there's the wrestling mat, and there's your opponent, and there you are in some kind of a sports arena, and you have no idea how you got on the wrestling mat. That No, that's not... It seems like you have the choice whether to wrestle or not to wrestle. But here what you're saying is the wrestle or the fight is going to come to you whether you're ready for it or not. And you have to choose whether to fight or just to give up. Yeah. I'm not going to surrender. God has called us to have victory in every sphere of our life. And if the devil is dumb enough to move into our territory, we need to show him who is superior. Amen. But this word wrestle, the, the Greek readers of the New Testament who were reading Paul's letter, and they read, for we wrestle, they did not see two men wrestling on a mat. That's not what they saw. Mm -mm. It's the Greek word pale. The word pale means to struggle. It describes agony. And it's where you get the word palestra. Now, I shared this day before yesterday. I have to cover it again. The palestra was an official location, big building, in every major Greek city of the ancient world. It was connected to the gymnasium. Now, the gymnasium was for low-level athletes, but the palestra, hi, 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 it was the house of combat sports. Only the most serious athletes came into the palestra, the word pale, which here is translated wrestle. So when the Greek readers saw this word pale, immediately in their minds they saw this big building filled with the most dedicated, 
ferocious athletes. And those men in that building slugged it out. They drew blood. They broke backs. They gouged eyes. They broke fingers. It was simply ferocious. And that's the word Paul chose to use here. It was the equivalent of saying, hey guys, you better get fit spiritually because there is a fight in front of you. You're going to be beckoned into the arena. And it can be a backsnapping, eye-gouging, blood-spilling event. If you're not prepared for this and if you don't have the power to deal with it, you are in trouble. Now again, Paul's not trying to scare us. He's trying to awaken us and to prepare us. Yes. You know, Denise, I think about the things you and I and our family have been through in the Soviet Union. When I read about the list that Paul listed in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 about betrayed by false brethren, troubles in the sea, troubles in the wilderness, troubles, troubles. You know what? His list is not better than ours. We have been through everything. The devil always tries to oppose you when you're on assignment. But you just have to say, fine, you want to fight? I'll show you who's superior. It's a decision, and you have to be spiritually fit. You have to be spiritually fit. And then Paul describes the opposition. He says, against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. Okay, Paul, I want to ask you a question. In this verse, one word repeats five times. Against. Well, against. Mm -hmm. Well, in Greek, the word against normally, in this case, would be the word anti, mm -hmm. which means against. But in this case, it's not the word anti. Mm -mm. All five times it's the word pros, spelled P-R-O-S. Mm -hmm. The word pros means to be up close, to be intimate, face to face. It is exactly the same word used in John chapter 1, verse 1, to describe the relationship between God the Father and the Son. It says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with, with God. That word with is the same word, the word pros. And some expositors say, John 1, 1, depicts the relationship between God the Father and Jesus before the Incarnation, and it could be translated, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was prostantheon, face to face with God. It portrays intimacy between the members of the Godhead. Now take that word pros into this verse. Mm -hmm. And when Paul says our conflict is going to be against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places, he means it's going to be very up close, Close contact. This is not something that happens to missionaries on the other side of the world. This is going to happen to you. You're going to be drawn into this at some point. Why? Because you're a threat. You are a threat to the domain of darkness. That's how powerful you are. I love what Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 1. Listen to what he says. He says, I'm appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. And then he says, for the witch cause... I also suffer these things. He was a threat. He said, the devil is after me because of who I am. I'm a preacher. I'm an apostle. I'm a teacher of the Gentile for the which cause I've come under multiple attacks. The devil was after his call. The devil's threatened by you. We need to know something about that enemy. And Paul says it is principalities from the Greek word archos. Remember what I said about that? Arche. High up or old? High up, it's where you get the word for archbishop, archangel, archdemon in this case, or archaeology, something very old, Denise. Mm -hmm. I hear somebody thinking, 
whoa, I'm not a preacher. I'm not an apostle. I'm not an evangelist. Are you sure that the devil is against me? Yes, he is against you. And I want to tell you why. Every one of us have influence over somebody. Mm -hmm. You have influence in your family. You have influence with your husband. You have influence over your children. You have influence in your grandchildren, at your work. You have influence. And in that influence are the gifts and the callings inside of you. And the devil wants to squash that, to push it down so that you do not step out and use those things that are inside of you in your sphere of influence. Amen. Thank you. But the word principalities, it's where you use the word for a prince. It's high-ranking demon spirits that have held their positions since ancient, ancient times. Then it says against powers. The word powers, exousias, describes a lower-level demon that have received license to do whatever they want to do. They roam about doing whatever they want to do. They have power to do it. Then he describes rulers of the darkness of this world, which is a very bizarre King James phrase. The Greek word kosmokrateros. It really describes organized powers, which means the devil is not happenstance in the way that he does things. He's very, very organized and very committed in his victimization of the human race. The devil hates mankind. Mm -hmm. Do you know why he hates mankind? Because we're made in the image of because God. Because we're made in the image of God. Every time he sees us, he sees God. He can't strike God, so he strikes God's image. He wants to put cancer on God's image. He wants divorce and perversion. He's against mankind, and he's very organized in his attack. And once he's ready to really launch the attack, demon spirits are dispatched into, the Bible says, the air. Spiritual wickedness in high places. When they show up, they're wicked. It is a Greek word, poneros, which describes something vile, something malevolent, something twisted. And the Bible says they're in the heavenlies. That does not mean the cosmos. The Greek word here describes our atmosphere. Why would the devil put all of his powers way, 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 way out in the universe? There's nobody out there to affect. He dispatches those evil spirits into our environment where they begin to affect the minds of young children. I gave my testimony yesterday. From the time that I was a child, spirits were trying to affect the way that I thought about me. It was a strategy launched against me from my childhood. The devil begins to affect the way people think about their sexuality. He begins to affect what they think about their marriage or their spouse or themselves. The devil trying to manipulate this high place, their minds, because he knows if he can get hold of their heads, he can take them down. Well, he didn't have to have that position. Denise said yesterday so powerfully, you have authority to stop every attack. You can take every thought captive and make the choice that you're going to listen to the truth and stop listening to the nonsense. The devil's telling you it is nonsense. Amen. Amen. I, this, this brings me to a question, because it seems like the battle's taking place in two places at the same time. Uh, the, the devil's goal is to build a stronghold and to oppress us in our minds. So he wants to get as close to us as possible. Mm -hmm. He wants to get, in a way, into us. He wants to get under your skin. That's the word devil. Devil us. He wants to penetrate. But then on the other hand, 
the devils and these demons, they're not in us, attacking from within us. They're somewhere out there influencing our thoughts, mm -hmm. influencing other people's thoughts that mm -hmm. begin to say things and do things that begin to bring pain to other people. Mm -hmm. So on one hand, it's like this is something that is happening from out there, mm -hmm. but its goal is to get in here. Well, can I tell you, I, that's perfect, Paul. Thank you so mm -hmm. much. In Second Corinthians chapter 4, Paul says that Satan is the god of this world. world. What you're saying is so accurate. The word world is the word cosmos. It's really the God of culture. Wow. The devil is attacking people through Hollywood. He's attacking people through education. The devil is the God of this world. He is rooted in society. He is rooted in the culture. And when you sit around and just listen all the time to all these voices and radio and music that your kids shouldn't even be listening to, or all this stuff on the internet, minds just being bombarded, Hollywood telling you what to think, the devil works through the environment. Okay, so it's my responsibility, first of all, to protect my own mind and to influence for good, use the influence that God has given me in the lives of the people around me. Yeah, that's right. Yes. So it's not really my responsibility to fight the devils somewhere out there that I can't even see or approach. If you deal with your head, you don't have a battle. If you'll just deal with your head, you won't be in a battle. I've been looking at most of this equipment's been here. Uh, all of our, all of these home groups, this equipment, this uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, armor. Armor has been here. Armor is mostly about protection. And most of what this equipment does is protect you from something from the outside. And in most cases, it would be very difficult to use any of this equipment in close, uh, close quarters battle. I mean, mm -hmm. it'd just be too heavy to even move around in. Mm -hmm. In most cases, if I'm thinking, if I was wearing this helmet, if I was wearing this breastplate, or if I had this sh uh, shield or spear, lance, what would I even be able to do with it? I'd probably be looking for something smaller, and I'd probably be dropping stuff really fast mm -hmm. if I had to do something in close quarter battle. So the most of this equipment protects me from something that I probably won't even physically feel. That's very good. It'd probably be out there. Mm -hmm. So my first job is to protect my mind, in this mm -hmm. case, mm -hmm. from things that are out there. Mm -hmm. And if I can protect myself, then I have the freedom Mm -hmm. to begin to influence other people's lives. Well, Paul, it's true. The most important element of spiritual warfare is just taking care of your own head. I mean, if you're in control of yourself and your thoughts, the devil doesn't have access. That is a powerful point. But let's go on. Okay. Then it says in verse 13, wherefore, the Greek says diatauto, wherefore, in response to what I have just said to you, in response to the fact that God has power for you, in response to the fact that if you receive the power of God, it will dress you. That's verse 11. It will put on you the whole armor of God in response to the fact that there's an enemy out there that wants to pave a road into your head and take you down in response to the fact that there are principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places that want to draw you into combat in response to all of this. Diatauto. So what should be our response? Well, let's be logical. Paul gives us a logical response. Wherefore, dear Tauto, in response to all of this, take unto you 
the whole armor of God. That is one of the saddest verses in the whole New Testament. It is a really sad verse. Because take unto you, in Greek is anilabete. Labete means to receive. The word ana means to repeat it, to do it again like you used to do it. You put the two words together, it means do it as you once did it. The only reason Paul would use that word is because the church of Ephesus was no longer walking in the power of God. They had stepped away from it, and that explains why they were under attack. How do we know they were under attack? Read chapter 4. In chapter 4, Paul tells them to quit lying, to quit the strife, to quit the bitterness and the backbiting, to quit giving place to the devil. When you get to chapter 5, he tells them to quit getting drunk. It was a church that had seen a lot, had known a lot, had experienced a lot, and they were now not walking in any of it. And Paul says, I'm going to tell you your problem. You have stepped away from the power of God, and when you step away from the power of God, you drop the armor. Now the armor is laying around your feet. And I'm going to ask you, friend, are you walking in what you once walked in? It's a very important question. If you are not, then that verse is for you. Analabete, do it again. It's time to go back and do what you used to do. Paul says, take unto you the whole armor of God. Okay, this goes back to the question. How do you put on the whole armor of God, Denise? It's the, the power of God. It's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the infilling of the Holy Spirit. As long as you're walking in the power of God, when that power hits you, it begins to dress you. So if you've stepped away from the power, it's time for you to pray for a new infilling of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus, here I am. I'm stepping back into that place again. And as long as you walk in power, you are dressed in armor. Now that's going to scare somebody. Because somebody's listening to me thinking, well, I'm nearly not walking in power. I guess I'm in trouble. That's the point. That's the point. This armor comes to you because you're walking in the power of God. That's the point. Which means we have to really be intentional about our spiritual lives. And Paul says, wherefore, take unto you, the Greek, they do it again, pick it up, get it off the ground, put it back on you, get back in the power of God, take unto you the whole armor of God. And he doesn't say, take unto you the shield, and that's all. He doesn't say, take unto you the sword. He doesn't say, take unto you the helmet or the lance or the breastplate. He doesn't say, pick up this or maybe pick up that. He says, the what? Oh. The whole armor. God intends for you to be fully outfitted. Fully outfitted, or like Paul said, completely protected. And he says, look at it, verse 13, guys that you may be able to stand against, withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Okay, let's talk about the evil day. One day somebody came up to me and said, the evil day, is that someday in the prophetic future? Well, yeah, there's lots of evil days in the future, but hey, you don't have to wait for the future. What is the evil day? It's any day you wake up and there's evil in your day. You go to the doctor and get a bad report, evil just got in your day. If your car messes up and your washing machine messes up and you don't have the money to fix it, it seems like even your utensils under attack, hey, evil just got in your day. If you just had a bad talk with your spouse and it really got out of control, evil just got in your day. There's all kinds of evil. And the Bible says when you're dressed in the armor of God, you can stand against the evil in any day. 
That's really what it means. And stand against, oh, it means to press against, which means you're not in retreat, you're not running from, but when you're dressed in this armor, you're not just protected, you are enabled to advance. To advance, which means if the evil has crossed the line. Are you listening? If the evil has crossed the line, the power of God and this weaponry enables you to say, excuse me, you don't belong here, and you can push it back across the line. You don't belong in the life of my kids. You do not belong in my marriage. You do not belong in my health or in my finances or in my house. And the answer is no. You have no right to be in my church. This weaponry and God's power enables you to push it back across the line. Anytime evil gets in your day, you are equipped to just push it back across the line. I think that is so powerful. It's so powerful, and we're equipped for that. We have the power of God. And if we don't use that power, then we didn't use what was available to us right there, right there. And, and like Rick was saying, if, if we did lay it down, well, then just pick it back up again. Just acknowledge the power of God inside of you again. Read the Bible. Pray in other tongues. Go back to church. I mean, spend time with God. We have time now. Spend t more time with him. I promise you there's more he wants to tell all of us. Okay, Denise and Paul, we thought that this week we were going to get into all these pieces. This is Friday. We haven't even touched the pieces of weaponry yet. I got to wear the helmet. You did. You did. I think in two programs. I know. Hey. And you looked really sharp in it, Paul. Paul, but the truth is, you're wearing the helmet right now. You're wearing the helmet of salvation right now. Right. And it's protecting me. I wonder what it is. And it's identifying me. And we're going to figure that out next oh, week, start on yes. Monday. We're going to cover these pieces of weaponry piece by piece next week. It's going to be so good, and it's going to be fun. Who knows? We might get Paul to put on all these pieces of weaponry. Hey, we'll see. Uh, so we're out of time. Uh, and one more thing. Psalm 4.8. What does it say, guys? I will lay, lay down, down in peace, peace and, and sleep, and the Lord will keep me safely. Safe. Speak that over to you. Go to bed. Lay down in peace and sleep tonight. Just sleep. The Lord is in control. Yes. And wake up tomorrow and have a great day. And we'll see you in the next home group. We love you. If that teaching helped you, would you please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.